This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. our mail call that should be our mail call jingle well i want to talk to you about that mixer it's got a pre- eight pre-selected pads we did can- you go to the post office man it's okay today is april 26 20 21 and this is the whiskey and white tails podcast where glitter is the only option we haven't watched the news since 2015 but we're pretty sure we didn't miss anything important we're your hosts i'm matt i'm gus <laughs> and today we're doing a freestyle no plans no preparation just talking and seeing how that works out for us hasn't stopped us in the past so no nope. what you holding over there got a birthday present had a birthday today <laughs> it's matt's birthday got some cake inside it's pretty good <laughs> uh gus got me a, a local bottle uh, 12 distillery, maybe 1233, maybe 12 distillery 33. Uh, but it's the big six straight bourbon whiskey. And with that, we're going to get it a cork a pop. Fresh bottle. Ooh, yeah. It's tight. Ooh, oh, that's, that's good. a good one. That's a good one. So I'm going to pour it. And like the only thing that I have in my mind that I want for sure to discuss, we'll discuss because it, it actually goes perfectly with the back of this bottle. Okay. Let's give it some glub glubs. All right. Looks very light it is a little light in color isn't it it is hmm i forgot to smell in the beginning oh yeah you made a big deal about that yeah i'll do it now bourbon (laughs) (laughs) it's the bourbon whispering it's young but i like young whiskey some of my favorite whiskeys are young it smells good though what do you smell Little River, South Carolina. It's still by 1233 Distillery. That's what we call it. 1233? 1233. 1233. And Little River, South Carolina? Yes. Cool. And then 843-663-3344, if you wanted to call them. <laughs> nice. Um, Gus and I are big on the number 33, so. Props. Yeah. I like it. Um, so I get typical young young whiskey s- smells, uh, the wood tannin, and obviously it's a little heavy on the ethanol, ethanol, ethanol. 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 Um, but there's a little bit of, I don't know if it's, it, it's, it reminds me of um, like a bakery. There's like vanilla. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
You said cake earlier, but like uh, banana bread or... um, Yeah, I'm getting a... I don't want to say gingerbread. It's not gingerbread, but maybe ginger snaps. I don't know, but it's... I'm interested to taste it. Yeah, it smells very good. Just give it a I'm gonna give it a lick. I'm gonna taste it now. Okay. It reminds me of something. Of another whiskey. It's heavy on the rye. I'm curious what I think there's a good amount of barley in this. Does it say what the mash bill is on there? Or am I wrong? It does not say. Um well, I mean I didn't read the back yet. Because I wanted to read it aloud. Um it says uh Big six is the perfect balance of corn, wheat, rye, and malt, then aged two years, young whiskey, in new American oak barrels to create a soft, rich flavor with notes of caramel, vanilla, and banana. You said wheat? I think it said, uh, yeah, corn, wheat, rye, okay. and malt. Not all of them. Wow. So Got yeah. the big four in there. <clears throat> I'm about it. I enjoy What's, it. What is the, uh, I didn't even look at the proof on it. It's, uh, try not to spill. 90. Okay. 45%. Oh, uh, I looked that up today for this. Oh, we have our we have a tasting class tonight, and um, and I knew somebody was going to ask. It's the only part of that story I don't know. So I looked it up how we went from ABV to proof. So they came out with fifty percent alcohol by volume, and then they just arbitrarily made the number one hundred. That's your baseline is one hundred. So you go up or below one hundred, right? Instead of doing like fifty point one or two. You but just, did the proof? Proofing came first, right? Like the idea of yeah, proof. Yeah, proofing. And I looked that up too because I was I said that uh, I didn't know if it was a 50-50 mix. What it is, they took a rock of gunpowder, a rock of it. Okay. And then they poured whiskey on top of it. So if it was 100 proof, if it was proof whiskey, it would it would fire up. Got it. Like okay. It, it wouldn't make it soggy. Yeah, or if yeah. it was low proof, it would just, it, you wouldn't be able to light the gunpowder because it'd be wet. Interesting. Because remember the dew and like Revolutionary War times. They talked about if you got dew or like humidity in your musket, it wouldn't shoot. Yeah. So it doesn't take a lot of water to. Uh, got it. Okay. So it's actually probably not a bad method. Hmm. I wanted to read this, but I don't know if I want to read this first or read what I want to say first. Now I'll read this first. I'll give it away and then tell the story. So the back of this bottle says uh, during prohibition, bootleggers would transport liquor and cars modified to drive faster, corn or better and handle the weight of the bottled spirits. Early on, the preferred engine was a 354 cubic inch straight six, or what we call the big six. It was powerful, smooth, and consistently dependable, much like our bourbon. Big six is the perfect balance of corn, wheat, rye, malt, and then aged two years in New America. We already did that part. But the the race car part. So this is my uh, spiel. Okay. So Wilkes County, North Carolina, is where... The green roots are grown or something. Oh, okay. But Rhonda, North Carolina. So yeah. Rhonda, North Carolina is a stop sign in the middle of that town. And on one corner. Not even a light. No, just stop sign. And you've been there. Yeah. On one corner, there's a an empty lot, which used to be the Green Hardware Company. Across the street from that is what today is the JB Green Hardware Company. Across the street from that is a gas station which is, the H, I think it's HG Green. Either way, it's another green-owned um, gas station. So the green roots are, which that's my last name. Oh, the green roots, yeah. like family tree roots. Yeah, family tree. I thought you were talking about like some plant roots that were green. No, no, no. No, I got you now. Yeah, Sorry. my family, the, the last name of green. 
our family. So my dad still lives there. My dad lives across the street from that hardware store. Um, yep. But what I want to talk about was January 17th, 1920. Ooh. The day prohibition started. Cool. Um, well, not cool, but. So Wilkes County was known as the moonshine capital of the world. And from 1920 to 1950, young Wilkes County males made their living delivering shine to larger towns. Some ran it as far as Detroit, New Jersey, South Florida. One in particular, his name was Robert Glenn Johnson. He was born in Rhonda, North Carolina. His father, lifelong bootlegger, spent 20 years in prison for running moonshine. His family experienced the largest alcohol seizure in U.S. history, 400 gallons of moonshine from his house. Robert Johnson himself was arrested in 1956, which is after Prohibition. So yeah. he was still making that moonshine. About, um, about that life. About that life. So in 1986, December 26th, the day after Christmas, 1986, President Ronald Reagan pardoned Mr. Robert Glenn Johnson of that crime. So who could this man be that the president felt the need to pardon him? Well, the year before that conviction, the year was 1955, Robert Johnson was known as Junior Johnson, began his career as a NASCAR driver at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, which was the first NASCAR track. His first race... All the way through, um, he was like the guy. He, a lot of people thought that he owned NASCAR because he was so involved in it. Uh, but today he owns, he claim, he has over 50 victories, retired as a driver in 1966. Okay. But as people may or may not know, NASCAR is deeply rooted in bootlegging prohibition because of just what the back of this bottle says. These moonshiners, they'd run, they would soup up their cars in order to turn yeah. better, not necessarily have more horsepower, but be able to handle better on these dirt roads which is why Junior Johnson is known for being the best dirt, dirt track driver to have ever existed because he got his practice running from the cops, running moonshine. No kidding. Um, but after that, he went on to own his own NASCAR team. And today, well, he's dead now, but he partnered with Piedmont Distillers to create Midnight Moon, which is the legal version of his family recipe, which you can still get today. And it is available from 70 to 100 proof. Wow. So the Johnsons that are still prevalent throughout NASCAR... Are those families related? I don't know, okay. but I don't know. Because there's some big names that, you know, John, it's a common name Yeah, it's common too, name, so, so I, don't, I don't know. But I would assume... That's interesting, though. Maybe. I mean, if your dad ran NASCAR, you'd probably run NASCAR. You yeah. Know. Uh, certainly, next time we go up there to hunt, that certainly will... Uh, yeah, I know you'd mentioned that it was like... Other, we, other times we've been up there, you'd mentioned that that area was kind of the birthplace of moonshine, but I didn't realize, like really realize it. Yeah, that it was Rhonda, North Carolina. That, that was yeah, the actual like, birthplace, yeah. And so I was, you You were talking a little bit about looking into kind of basically your history and where whiskey intersects in your family history. Yes. So I've been kind of doing the same thing. Um, being that my family or my history or my lineage or culture, whatever you want to term it, uh, is heavy in on the Cajun side. Um, you know, I looked at sort of, their migration and being kicked out of France and eventually settling in uh, the Louisiana area, especially the the deeper south, um, you know, south of I-10 part of Louisiana, um, and where all that came through with, um, and, and the, the part that Louisiana and New Orleans played during the boom of bourbon, as well as uh, prohibition and keeping whiskey flowing and sort of the whole that whole thing, uh, New Orleans being sort of a hub for that. But um, I was researching something about that reading last night, and I came across 
a quote from someone else who was from Wilkes County. Oh, and really? It was like, and it was like the moonshine capital of the world or whatever. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that, I'm here I am reading a completely unrelated article to anything you've talked about, and here's Wilkes County. Like, And then to know that that gentleman is from Rhonda, like, that little, like literally, folks, if you're driving through and you – Someone would kind of, you have to see a sign or someone has to tell you that you're in a small town. Otherwise, it's just like, like you said, it's just a stop sign. Yep. That's it. It's, it's tiny. all full 421. Um, Statesville is probably, it's in between Statesville and Jonesville, kind of kind of like the north, yeah, eastern part of North Carolina. There's lots of hills, lots of yep. curvy roads. And so, like, to, to think about driving the roads we've driven on, um, and full disclosure, Matt has done a great job of getting me car sick more than <laughs> once on those roads. Yeah. Um, to think about, you know, further back when those were dirt roads yeah. and guys were running moonshine back and forth. That's Trying pretty, not to break bottles and yeah, everything else. Yeah, it's pretty Can't cool. dip off the road. Yeah, it's pretty wild to, um, which is something that I didn't grow up knowing this knowledge. This is, I was just doing research. You know, I'm writing a new article for uh, Southern Edge Magazine. Oh, yeah, and cool. I kinda And I started talking about, I want to talk about Bourbon County and, and kind of get into the roots of, how America looked in those times, you know, Kentucky wasn't even a state, right. You know, where I'm starting at, um, it was actually part of Virginia, but, um, reading through it all. And I thought Copperhead road, you know, the song better stay away from Copperhead road. It's a song about moonshine. And so I looked into it and, um, it's like on the other side of where Wilkes County is on the other side of it is it was like the drop off depot for all the liquor that would run, out west at that time, ah. um, so Copperhead Road was di- was supplied by Wilkes County, and it, it's like, you know, it's just cool thing. And I, I actually I thought I was about the sign going because when we go over, there, I want to I want to see all this stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they actually they changed the name of the sign because people were stealing it all the time. Oh no, because <laughs> it's a real after, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I learned in this research that I was doing, I was looking for ways. I, I don't want to give away too much about our tasting. Uh, experience that we're putting together and but I was going to try and and do some research about how you and I met and any any links to whiskey or bourbon from there and I found that there is a city a hundred in town 150 miles east of where you and I very first met as kids called Bourbon Missouri is it really and it is the only city it's believed to be the only city in the United States that bears the name bourbon that is directly a result of the bourbon whiskey. Really? Yep. The, it was part of the, the city was started uh, shortly after the section of the transcontinental railroad, you know, the Pacific and yep. the, um, the Atlantic, the whatever they were called. Well, that railroad, that. there's a lot in that. When you research this bourbon stuff, a lot of it has to do with that railroad. Yeah. So it was, it was built, and then the original was the original city was supposed to be called uh, Saint Cloud, Missouri, Missouri, I believe. It was like a mile and a half off of the railroad, and while they they laid out the streets and everything, um, just like they would for an old town back then, one of the first things to get stood up was a general store, and the guy had a bottle of bourbon that he put outside the front of his store. And that it was a common place for the Irishmen who were working on the railroad to go get a drink. Irishmen, obviously, they love Irish whiskey, but that's not really what was available. So yeah. they came to love and really enjoy drinking bourbon. Hmm. Um, so he did his best to keep up a, 
you know, a supply of bourbon. And so they started referring to that place as bourbon. Let's go to bourbon. Yeah. Let's go get a bourbon or let's go to bourbons or whatever, because right. the, the barrel outside the shop said bourbon on it. Right. Um, and over time I, that ended up being and taking on the name of the town and it's what they ended up calling the town was bourbon, Missouri. Wow. That's cool. Yep. Maybe we should add that to our trip. Add, yeah. To our list of places to go. Yeah. You know, we both have we we both have the ability to get on a military base. It'd be interesting to go back to Whiteman. It would be. I wouldn't mind doing that. See if I have any uh, flashbacks of little green transformer boxes we used to play on. <laughs> I'd be interested to know how much of that housing or any of that's even the same now. Probably not very much. I think it's pretty old when we lived there. Yeah, I remember they were small. I've looked it up on Google a couple of times. The housing has definitely changed. Like they've come through and demolish the old housing and put, yeah. put new housing there. Um, I try to use landmarks that I remember, but so much has changed. And did you go to elementary school there? I did. Yeah. Did you get, do you remember? Cause I don't know if this is a real memory or if, if we got there right after it stopped, but I swear I remember people got paddled. Do you remember that? I know that I've seen a paddle there with, there was holes in it, like the speed holes, all that. But I don't know that I was ever paddled. I, I want to say I do recall that being a thing. Yeah. I don't know if people got spanked or they just stopped spanking. I, I think don't it know. was one of those things where it was allowed. And by allowed, meaning if you got in trouble of a certain severity, yeah, your parents would be called. And with your parents' permission. Yeah. Because I want to say it was a thing. But I, t- I tell you. people that story and they're like, you're not old enough for that. Like, but I don't I'm know. telling you, I, I don't know why I'd have that memory, and you I have, have it too. Weird, so that, I have when you now that you bring it up, I, I do recall that, and I don't know if it was just something that I recall hearing people talk about, you know, or something that actually happened in to my brain it's trying to be, fill in gaps. Got to be real. It's re- I, if, if it's real, it's real enough for me. It's real enough for you. Yeah, it's real. It's real. I just got verified. <laughs> um. So yeah, man. There's lots of lots of cool stuff I'm reading about, and that that part about kind of Louisiana and some of the stuff I'm touching on. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of history with whiskey in yeah. Louisiana between New Orleans. Um, you know, Louisiana kept a lot of the whiskey industry going during the 70s and 80s when everybody sort of fell out of love with whiskey and bourbon and was all it was all about vodka and gin. Yep. Louisiana was one of the biggest uh, consumers of whiskey and bourbon. Still, um, obviously, you have your your obvious ones like Tennessee and and um, Kentucky, which were going to main big consumers, but. Um, and then you have Sazerac, which is a, a Louisiana-based company um, right. that owns three of the three huge brands. Um, but that but, doesn't even that doesn't even touch on my mom's side, which half of my mom's side is Italian, and what my grandfather's I think it was my great grandfather and my great great grandfather did with regards to moving uh, bootleg liquor during during prohibition. So I don't think they had anything to do with moving it but they were running if i understand correctly and i'm still waiting to hear back from some people on that side of the family um they were involved in some some speakeasies well i think that he hung out your grandpa or your great grandpa he hung out with the rat pack right um no i think it well i'd have to i'd have to confirm some things but i don't think that was entirely accurate no that being said it was a uh, cool story when you told me that's the kind (laughs) of like that lifestyle yeah. is, is the kind of stuff that like when I think about my grandpa and seeing pictures and hearing stories of the younger version of my grandpa, like him at our age and younger, that's the kind of stuff they were doing. Like suit and tie, yeah, you know, gun on your hip at all times. The more I learn about this stuff, the more it's like, like my, my grandfather and his four brothers, like 
suddenly out of nowhere, I forget what year, all went to different branches of, of service. Uh, merchant Marines, Navy, Air, you know, whatever, just just whatever they could get accepted to, and they just disappeared for a while. And there's speculation as to, you know, yeah. why they did that. But, um, yeah, it's all interesting stuff. I, I think I think we have a this is something we, I wanted to talk to you about later, and we don't have to get into it now, but kind of an opening spiel. You know, once I, I know you have yours mostly together, I'll, put, I'll get mine together, but sort of an introduction amongst yeah. ourselves and how, how we, you know, like you said, and here I am kind of thing. I think a cool way to to kind of start either start it or in that is the fact that anyone I think any anyone who is from America who has history in, in America if they look deep enough can find a point where whiskey prohibition or some other thing related to whiskey as an intersection in their family history somewhere for sure it's just too ingrained I and it was in only a hundred years ago so yeah. the likelihood of you having a living parent or grandparent sure, yeah. that remembers it is pretty high. Yep. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't think I have anybody that old in my family, but, but certainly their kids are alive still, you know? Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep, it's so. the whiskey that binds us. <laughs> that, it, that it does. Yeah. I think, um, if you guys ever have an opportunity to come to one of our tastings, it's, it's not really just a, it's more, it's less about, this is what whiskey tastes like. And it's more about, this is what whiskey is. This is what bourbon is, is the history. And, that. and like I said, we're writing basically research papers on what, on what, uh, I mean, we're a magazine, so we're not, it's all good stuff. You know, it's a lot of our time spent, um, putting this stuff together. And one day I'll have a PowerPoint and I'll just death by PowerPoint everyone. That's the other thing too, is I don't Man, know that anybody do that. would get tired. Please don't ever do that. Um, one thing that I started doing, I just sort of took the initiative to do it as director of hunting. <clears throat> See, um, is I've started looking into uh, various wild games and pairing whiskey with them. And eventually I think it would be cool for some of these experience, maybe a little more high end, yeah. um, um, one of these sort of tasting experiences, but to be able to have or offer certain, um, a, a couple of different options of types of wild game yep. and whiskey pairings, and even take it further is to have someone come in and pair, pair a cigar with that pair. Oh, so uh, there's a cigar guy downtown. Yeah, you um, told me about it. No, I just found out about this like yesterday. No, that's not the same thing you told me. So about. there's a cigar guy downtown. He he just started at the market. Oh, cool. Um, and I need, he's at the day market, so I got I got to find time to go down there. Maybe this weekend. But he does uh, bourbon cigars. So he soaks these tobacco leaves in bourbon. I guess I don't know how he's doing it, but they're bourbon cigars. And and someone told me about it, and I was like, that's that's the guy. That's the guy. That's our cigar guy. We just got to go talk him into it. Yeah. For those that don't know, we've been looking for a cigar guy. I found a. I want a. We want like a legit cigar guy. Yeah, I don't I want somebody a, just has cigars. <laughs> I have a, a a card that I grabbed when I was at our barber. I got our haircut. Um, I guess Brandy, the lady that owns it. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Charleston Barber Shave Shop. Yep. I guess her dad owns a cigar shop down here somewhere. Really? J- on Johns Island. Huh. James Island, wherever. Where, where do you live? James Island. It's yeah, wherever. It's too far south. There's a lot of islands here. Um, but so yeah, he it's owns too close <laughs> to the ocean and beautiful for you. <laughs> it's, That's it's, what... it's disgusting. <laughs> um, no, the uh, yeah, I guess he has a, a tobacco shop or a cigar shop. So I grabbed the card and um, long pause. Sorry, she recommended just going in and like telling her that the girls from the barber yeah sent us and and may help with an introduction but uh i thought i i had, i didn't I haven't had a chance to look too much into it but if he offers any sort of online shopping um two Perfect. things one 
we could work out some sort of deal with him to yeah. do that. Two, if he doesn't and he's interested in growing to online sales, since we've set up a few different shops online, we might be able to offer that as sort of a relationship building thing yeah. to help him stand up uh, Shopify or whatever. I know there's extra legal things yeah. associated with selling, right. but he could even start and sell only in South Carolina. That way you don't have to drive all the way from Columbia to get a cigar if he has something that you like. It may not be worth it for him, but it's something to bring up, I guess. You know, Brandy's husband owns a cybersecurity company. I did not know that. Not our cybersecurity. He does like cameras and okay, um, kind of like protecting small business. So but, he does like uh, physical security and yeah. And I had talked to him about, uh, or I talked to her about a a job at one time, and that's um, uh, it's completely different skill set. But yeah, we it, a, it would be something we'd be able to pick up easily. If it's funny, like we have a division at my office that does that, but for b- bigger scale. Yeah. And we all work kind of basically in the same field, and same you, field, but no idea think, what he's talking about. You would about. think we did completely separate jobs. Yeah. You know, it's at the end of the day, what we, you and I do stops basically where the network cables from the infrastructure we're responsible for connects to what they're doing. Yeah. And that's kind of where it ends. That was one thing when John was, cause I, I think about that all the time when John was talking about how to defuse a bomb, he's like, just pull the blasting cap. Yeah. Out. And someone's like, you're being cyber attacked. What do you do? Unplug the internet. Unplug everything. <laughs> yeah. It's the very first Just thing Just unplug you do. the internet and then you're good. Like incident response plan, step one. After, step one, after, you know, discovering you've been compromised. Yeah. Unplug it all. Unplug it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll stop if it, if it um, yeah, it's like the gas pump. Gas pump's on fire. What do you do? Yeah. You know, hit the emergency stop. Turn it's it all like, off. It's easy to talk that way, but then yeah. I, I think like, well, Hospitals can't do that. Critical infrastructure can't necessarily yeah, just unplug yeah. everything. Yeah, but right. outside of that, you know, you can probably just fucking turn it off. Yeah. For sure. You can definitely turn it off. <laughs> turn it off. Unplug it. Beep. Yeah. Beep. Oh, hard. Beep. As someone used to- and then you just turn it off. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Lots of jokes running through my head that it's. I have to keep. You know, sometimes I listen to some of the. You know what podcasts I listen to? I do. So those podcasts, when I listen to it, I'm like, man, that'd be so much fun to be able to talk like that. Yeah, I know. It's just like, you know, we have an image. Yeah, we can't and a do brand it here. to do it. Can't if it was, it here. you know, what sucks is like, even if we wanted to start like a second podcast, like our names would mask. still be associated. Yeah. Like it, it kind of we've pigeonholed ourselves. Maybe hopefully this thing just fails and then we could Yeah, and <laughs> we can start over. start over like the most offensive podcast in the world. Oh, that would be fun to do. Yeah. And then we could Well, you can't even say that cuz if people hear offensive and they think like I don't know what you think, but that's not what we mean. We just mean like foul language and dirty jokes. Not even yeah. dirty jokes. I don't even know how to explain it. It's Saying just it's just it's just humor that not everybody gets. Yeah. And there's a lot of topics that are we can't touch. Yeah, like he was talking about uh Tom Hanks' son. Did you see that? No. Chet's new brand. Oh, really? I have to go check it out. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that would be cool to bring up, but feel free to look that up and you'll see why I didn't bring it up. Again, this is Tom Hanks' son, and this is his new clothing line that okay. he just he just dropped. I'll check it out later. Well, I mean, the listeners, check out oh, okay. uh, Chet, Chet Hanks' clothing line. Check that out. Can't bring that up here. Tom Hanks' son. I haven't even seen it, so now, now I'm curious to know we'll what just our... beef it out it's it's called white boy summer oh it's... no <laughs> oh no oh that, we're, that's that's staying in yeah and he's like he's like all right everybody let's uh let's go ahead and get ready for uh white boy summer <laughs> and, it's, and so he's got like um black queen summer 
and like all this stuff. And yeah. Dude needs friends is what it is. He needs someone to sit like. him down and be like, listen, today's climate, probably not a good idea. Yeah. Have you, like, I don't watch the news at all. I haven't I seen it. it. Like I just said in our intro, I haven't seen the news since 2000. It's just not a thing in our house. And like, I didn't even know. It gives me chest pains. I didn't even know the the sentencing, not sentencing, but the uh, the jury verdict that was arrived at the other day, and that's all I'm going to say about it. I didn't even know what was going on. Tells you how out of oh, touch the trial. I yeah, yeah. Um, I walked in and Jessica was watching it, and that's not something she normally she does not seek out to watch the news for the same reason I don't like to. It's depressing. Yeah, and I was. Uh, you can ask her. I asked her. I was like, "Did you put this on on purpose?" Because <laughs> like, I, I didn't know if because sometimes you're intentionally you, putting yeah. this in your brain. Well, sometimes you have app. You know, one of your apps on the on your TV will kind of just yeah goof up and it'll just exit or not start or whatever, and then it'll default to whatever. Oh, you have cable. No, I don't have cable. I oh. have the HD antenna to gotcha, get some of the gotcha. local channels. It'll it'll just default to live TV. And I, I figured maybe that's what was on. And she was doing something with the kids and just hadn't changed it. She was like, yeah, I wanted to see what happens. And yeah, we could talk about that whole thing for another hour, but not 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 on this podcast. Not on this podcast. Or not. <laughs> nope. I got rid of cable. See that? No cable box. Good for you, man. Yeah. You got to cut the cord. As they say. I just, I just, I'm telling you, I was, I was seriously getting chest pains. I just, I don't know how people involve themselves in like the social justice warrior and like all these things just i don't know how you do it i mean if, if that's your thing props to you but you would be so much happier if you just let it go between my family and you know a day job that pays the bills right now and this company i don't have time yeah to get time. like super amped up about anything else no. other than those three things that's what my focus is on if it's not whiskey and whitetails or my job or my wife, I, I, I just don't have time. Yeah, like I have, I have stopped certain hobbies. I don't give as much time to other hot. Like I haven't turkey hunted once this yeah, year. We haven't turkey hunted, and it's it's just like, and it's not a negative thing. It's not a, it's not a, a bad thing. I I enjoy being busy and having seeing these things grow and, and doing what we enjoy doing. But my point is that at no time during a day do do I allow myself to get wrapped up in political shit anymore. No. The second I start feeling myself getting that way, I, I, I have to I remind myself that I got more important things to put, yep, energy, put it away. energy into. I just can't. Like it's it is exhausting. Well think about the mental health aspect of how well like how much happier I feel for sure. I'm sure I don't know how happy you are, but how happy I am now that I just stay out of it. I mean, I don't, I used to come home and get wrapped up and, and felt like I needed to text people and call people and tell and send people videos like now that I don't and everybody's like, Well, you shouldn't be ignorant of it because it affects us. I don't know. It affects you. Clearly, doesn't yeah. affect me anymore. I think I think that uh, I think that we should change the subject yeah. <laughs> because I'm getting ready to go down a. Yeah, we'll change it. Um, so, so I joined the hunt club again. Yeah, I meant to ask you. So I texted you that. Yeah, I didn't. The respond. question why you didn't respond. What was what was the your decision? So I texted, but or email Bo, and I was like, "Look, man, I just I, I only made it out a couple times last year, and I just I was just not going to do it." And so Andy, I told Andy, I was like, "I didn't join it this year." She's like, "Why?" I was like, "Cause I just." I just didn't go out there. And she's like, but you just found, I mean, how many years have you been there? And if you don't remember in October, you found the spot. And I remembered that I did find the spot. You did. So that's why I'm back. Okay. I'm glad you are. I think now that we have doubled down on whiskey and whitetails, I think this next year, we kind of were figuring it out in the middle of deer season last year. Yeah. I think we will be able to use the property and the opportunity to, uh, lean into some more wildlife photography um i know i would like to do that personally i think the opportunity is there 
Get you that $3,000 G Master zoom lens, dog. Chump change, baby. <laughs> dollar, dollar bills. Um, but yeah, like I saw plenty of deer last year, which was a change from previous years. Um, obviously, if you hunt any, you you know that just because you see deer doesn't mean you have yeah a shot, an ethical shot at a deer. Uh, but it was good to see deer on the hoof last year. The year before that was a struggle. This year was not as good as I think it could have been because they were timbering part of that property, uh, which was frustrating. But I think that's all done for the foreseeable future. They say that every year. I know. Every they year say, they say, no timbering this year. And then sure as shit, October 15th, yeah. we're tearing down half the woods. So do you know the story behind that property? Have I told you any of it with the landowners? Yes. And the, and the deed, uh, the will? I, I know the, yeah, I know it. But it might be good. I mean, well, I guess, so I was just going to make a point that, um, the, the old man that owned it wrote in his will and whatever the legal paperwork is that it couldn't be sold right. for a hundred years. Right. Um, his reason for that was so that his kids who don't get along didn't sell the property or split it up and ruin his, basically his grandkids yeah. and other kids opportunity to utilize that property for what he built it for, which is it's a tree farm. So it naturally gets tempered. Yeah. Um, they had let parts of it overgrow. There are some parts of it that are lowlands and hardwoods. It's not for timbering. Um, Used to be. They left. They had flash flooded and left all that shit back there. Yeah, they did do a lot of that stuff. But uh, long story short, I think they can't sell the property to make any money. And so I think they're regularly timbering parts yeah. that can be timbered to make money. Yep. Because I know they, they're having surveyors come out there all the time. Yeah, and it's re, it's really aggravating because they they'll take they'll break our locks and put their own lock on there. Yeah. I cut a lock with a bolt the bolt cutter last year and, and replaced it with with our lock that was still out there. They basically cut the chain and put their own on there. So I undid the I cut theirs with the uh, with bolt cutters. I cut the lock off and then reattached because I knew the combination obviously to the, to the lock and put it back on there. Those locks aren't cheap. Yeah, they can suck my. Uh, ice cube here in my my glass. It'd be easier just to have two separate locks on the, on one chain. You know? No, I don't. Like, so you'd have their lock and then a foot of chain and then our lock and then the rest of the chain. That way they can get in with their lock. Oh, I see what you're saying. we can get yeah, in with yeah. our lock. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I'll tell you what's cool about it. Um, you know, everybody is like, if you've ever watched a country video or, or you live, maybe you're from the country and it's like checking gates is a regular thing. Yeah. So, if, when I go out to check gates, I always feel like I'm a country boy. You know, <laughs> there's a reason I'm wearing cowboy boots Ride today. Ride fence, check yeah. gates. In my truck, yeah. But yeah, for those that are the whiskey people, you're like, shut the fuck. I like up how already. much they talk about whiskey, but while well, the deer people are like, can you talk more about deer? So I think it's seasonal. So you know, as deer season comes, like there's not a lot of deer things to talk about right now. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always things we can talk about. It's just like, been like for us. Yeah. Cha-ching on Etsy. So, yeah, no big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, it is seasonal. There's not a lot going on right now for whitetails and hunting, except for prepping for the season coming up, which, which we have been doing. We can talk about till we're blue in the face. We haven't been doing. Um, I'm in the middle of also, aside from all the stuff we talked about earlier, I'm also in the middle of trying to sell my house and move. Yep. So that's been taking up a lot of my time. I should be shooting my bow. I should be shooting everything more frequently and planning where I'm going to put tree stands next year, but I'll probably do what I always do and wait till the last minute and August go first. Eh, those spots are fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in reality they are, I saw deer in both my stands. Uh, I, I need to do more prep ahead of time to make those spots 
more conducive to getting a shot is what I need to do. Yeah. The locations are good. I just need more shooting lanes and a little more cover in some spots. But I think spot, I'm gonna, are you going to move down well, to gonna, where you're at? Yeah, I'm going to trash that stand, buy a new one, yeah. and move it. And then I'm going to leave that bow stand. But I might turn it around. Face into the yeah. smart. I think I'm definitely facing the wrong way. Because I, I see deer behind me, and it's like, what am I going to do? What are you going to do? Shoot him. Shoot him. Yeah. Yeah, this year I really want to get, uh, I want to finish the season with, my goal this year is to force myself to have to buy another freezer. It's a good goal. I feel bad because all the people I give meat to have been like, yummy. And I was like, I, I didn't kill any deer last yeah, year. Yeah, I had a, you know, like I have a company called Whiskey and Whitetails, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe you're aware. And oh. I had someone <laughs> ask me like, hey, can you bring some venison to the, and I was like, uh, uh, fresh out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I supply a lot of venison to a lot of people, and uh, I felt bad this year saying that I didn't have any. But I wanted to tell you this, Whiskey and Whitetails related. Um, a guy I work with saw the hat and was like, Whiskey and Whitetails, what's that? And um, had the conversation. Anyway, the next day I came in, and he goes, uh, he's like, I, I got bored yesterday. I went through your whole website and read some of your blogs, and, and I'm like, great. What's he going to say? He's like, the only thing I noticed um, that I really took away from that experience is that your torches don't come with butane in them. <laughs> he was That's making it? fun of me. He was making fun of me. And I was like, oh, it's because it's mentioned several times. He's like, yeah, I think you drove the point home. And I was like, oh, you Good. would think that. You would think. But still, <laughs> weekly, somebody will email us or, or leave a review on Etsy, and they're like, piece of shit, torch doesn't work. Yeah. And then I reply back, did you put butane in it? We try, we've said it three times in the listings, beginning, middle, and end. We also include a QR code on our thank you card. And if you click that QR code, it takes you straight to the help troubleshoot page, how to take care of your products. Yeah. And one of the first things up there is how to fill it with butane. Yes. Oh, by the way, you got to fill it with butane because if you go back to the listing, it doesn't come with butane. Yeah. Um, and because they don't come with butane, you have to fill it with butane. Yeah. <sighs> butane, butane. So he was trying to make fun of me. And so he texted me today and he goes, uh, he goes, oh, by the way, um, I just started a new LLC called Bucks and Bourbon. <laughs> that's it. I was like, well, give me your uh, email address so I can pass it along to our trademark lawyer. He's joking. Bucks and bourbon exist. Does it? I don't know, but it doesn't sound as good as whiskey and white It doesn't. doesn't. Bucks and bourbon out. is too specific. Yeah. Because totally. we don't care about, we're not worried about bucks or just bourbon. We like whiskey and all white tails, doe or buck. It's our mail call. That should be our mail call jingle. Well, I want to talk to you about that mixer. It's got a pre eight pre-selected pads. We Did can... you go to the post office? Fuck, man. It's okay. I'm gonna have to do. I'm sorry. It is. It's all right. You're busy. I'm so fucking busy. Don't you worry have about to, it. Like ask me every day. Don't worry about it, man. I also it's I've, I've been so busy between stuff we're doing with this and work. I've been like outsourcing shit to my wife. Like, hey, can you just go do this for me? <laughs> Don't worry about it. What's in there is is. Not of importance, except for the thumb drive, okay, which well, has the final pieces to our first long... But I don't want to start putting out long-form YouTube content until um, until, uh, until I have it. Hold on. Got it. Hey, you're live on our podcast. What's up? Uh, I'm actually at the store and was going to see if you would like a 2021 limited release FAE-01. Uh, well, how much is it? Um, let, yeah, how much this guy is? Just 
Ladies and gentlemen. That's Kelly Burris in the background. Okay. That was a too much, wasn't it? He has packies at packies. <laughs> as long as it's less than 500, yeah. <laughs> How much? Hold on. Where are you at? Burris? I'm at, no, I'm at um, Forsbergs. Oh, okay. 59.99. So I'm going to, I'm going to get one. Would you like yeah. one as well? Yeah, I'll take one for that price. All right. Yep. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Perfect. You're welcome. Should I grab uh should I grab you an extra one as well too, just so we have another backup? What is it? I didn't hear. Yeah, I'll take it back up. Okay, cool. And and yeah, okay, cool. All right. All right. Thanks, boy. Thanks. Yeah, that's MP. I was missing I was missing all the names. Who who are you talking to? So that's the neighbor. Oh, okay. That is a a good help. That's the A one twenty one uh barrel proof. Oh, okay. Which I have like four of, but they're really damn good. And I'll take them all day for that price. What did he say it was? Fifty nine ninety nine. That's not so. bad. It's not bad. Yeah, it's funny. I was just telling the other day they didn't have it, so they must. Oh, he said. He, I think he said in the that. background. I heard yeah. him say, but I, I couldn't hear very. We just clear. got it today or something. Like that. Yeah, that's how it works, folks. That's how you yeah. get. That's how you get stuff. You got fingers everywhere. You got to make friends. Yep. You got to get connected. Because we're sitting here doing a podcast, and somebody's finding me bourbon. Yeah. So I'll check the mail. Sorry. That's um, all good. What were we saying before I, because you. I don't remember. I rudely interrupted I don't know. you, which I'm really good at. See, sometimes when I play back these podcasts, I'm like, God, I can't even listen to myself. I got, I'm like, you're so disrespectful. <laughs> I have to stop listening. <laughs> I just want you know, to know that I know that I interrupt you all the time. <laughs> Thanks. It's okay. <laughs> um, I'm pretty bad about it too. It's all right. No, it's, I, think, uh, I don't care. But, uh, yeah. Damn, what were we talking about? Um, well, I was talk- we were talking about how busy we were, for one. I'm going to put this cup down. <laughs> I was going to edit it out, but now I can't. No, just leaving it. Um, um, my watch just told me it's time to stand up. It touches. <laughs> Technically, it's like I'm slave to the computer. Um, man, I can't remember what we were talking about. It was... um. All right, something new tonight. This is an hour long, but I think unless you you can you can stick around as long as you want, but I'm probably gonna hang out oh, over there. Yeah, yeah, I'll hang out and, and shoot the shit and hopefully rub elbows with some some good potential customers or just network with some potential whatever. See what happens. I think the cheapest apartment in there is five thousand dollars a month. That's it. Yeah. Oh. So, so this I, is like this is like a mediocre spot. Yeah. So these aren't <laughs> these are all people that have more money than we do. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. way. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I haven't eaten anything today. So we're having two whiskeys here and uh we're gonna go there. I'll probably have to hang out if it's for nothing else than just sitting in and I've got um <laughs> I just for lunch I ordered a fire grill and they have a hibachi. So I got chicken and steak and vegetables, hibachi in the fridge if you oh. want the other half. I only ate half of it. There's yeah. an egg roll in there, too. Egg roll? Mm-hmm. It's okay. An egg roll? An egg roll. Yeah, just a regular egg roll? <laughs> just a regular. <laughs> there's no accent, just regular egg it's roll. Just a regular egg roll. Yep. We're going to get canceled before the fucking <laughs> company takes off. Um, before it takes off. Well, you know what I mean, before we go public. Oh, we just hit 600 sales on Etsy. We hit um, 600. On Etsy, yeah. Really? Which is pretty good. For it's pretty solid. I mean, we've been on Etsy for less than six months. Going to be pushing close to a thousand of these blocks by now. I th- yeah, 
Probably. I feel like I've at least wrapped, burned and wrapped a thousand of them. <laughs> Especially if you consider like the ones that we've cut and they, they've come, come out wonky and we just kind of had to, and it yeah. didn't, it didn't make it. Um, or the ones that like you go through and whether it, you mess it up in the, in the router or it gets messed up somewhere down the line, like there is some attrition associated with manufacturing stuff by hand. Like things just sometimes get messed up. So it is frustrating. Like you bring a nice big craftsman tote, chocked full of beautiful chunks of beautiful stave. chunks of stave and i look at it and i go about a fifth of you aren't gonna make it out of here you know you're not going to anybody's home and yep. it just it is what it is i'm well, getting so think about how it. bad i feel when i'm when i'm branding them and the the iron's not hot enough or the, or the cut wasn't straight sometimes i think about that and I, I i just interrupted you but like a couple of times i've looked at the stack of the ones that you've had set aside that are so kind of messed up changed and I, I look at them and I'm go I'm afraid to look at them because there's some that come out so good and yeah. I'm like oh this is this is like the picture of what I, this is what I want everybody to receive. So you brought me fifty two, yeah. And then the second time I think you brought forty something. Is thirty something? Thirty I think, something. Yeah. So out of out of those eighty or ninety, yeah. only one. I only fucked up one. Nice. See, so. you're getting really good at yeah. that part too, and I'm getting I'm screwing up less and less. I think I have it down to. Um, I usually have. Because I've been trying to do a little bit every day. I'll, I usually get in the garage and crank out 15 to 20 um, when I do get out there. Yeah. And usually I have one to two out of that group that, that just don't make the cut. Um, so it's not bad considering you you know it's all being done by hand. Well, um, now that we've touched like a thousand of them aesthetically, what size is your favorite from three and a half to – I mean, we sometimes we see six inches So wide. I need to – so. The, I have a, I think it's three and a half inches, the little circle that I use to line up. Yeah. Um, I like for there, I like it and it, it aesthetically up just makes me happy when there's about a half an inch on all on, four sides. On all four sides. Yeah. That does it for me. I think I'm a little more than half an inch, but it's definitely not an inch. No, not a full an inch. An inch is too much. It looks like a lot of wasted yeah. space. Half an inch to, but to, the quarter of an inch ones, that's too small. Yep. And, and and there's several that I the way that they're cut so close. it's so close. Yeah. Um, a lot of those get blown out. The sidewall blows out, oh, and I have yeah. to toss it. Um, so sometimes when I get one all the way through, it's almost like I save it and I keep it just because yeah. I'm proud that I was able to not screw it up. And some of that has to do with playing with the speed of the router and the bit and everything like that. It's, it's I don't know how much you look at the finished product, but the finished product's all I see as I'm brand. But when I go to wrap them, I put them all like kind of in the center, and then yeah. the my wrapping process. But when I look at them, I've noticed that uh, they have these really cool. It's almost like like Morse code, and <laughs> the and the shaved out part. There's like little dashes and dots. I don't know if it's like the grain in the wood. I don't know enough about quarter saw wood to be able to tell you anything. Yeah, it but could be. It looks really. It's cool. It's not marks from the router though. No, no, oh, it's, okay. it's just something about the wood. It's, sometimes the sometimes the the router will, want to, will chatter a little bit. Yeah. Um, no, it's not that. And it's, I mean, at the end, like some of them are bad enough that I'm like, I can't. I can't put this to someone's yeah. hand after they've paid me money. And some of them are only a little bit. And I'm like, well, you're getting something handmade. It's not going to be. Yeah. This is on every perfect. single one. It's part of the wood. Yeah. It's part of the wood. Yeah. And there, there are some that are really pretty. And I think I have to go through my phone. There are some that as like a, like a weirdo that only probably a handful of people in the world would appreciate. Like yeah. I've taken pictures of because of the way the wood looks. I've done it. I've been like, Andy, come in here. And she's like, what? And I'm like, look how pretty this is. And she's like, yeah. Like no, but I mean, really look at this one. Like this, just the grain inside of it. It's crazy, man. The, uh, I guess that's the passion. I guess that's the reason that we're doing it because we enjoy it. Yeah, I I love it a lot, man. I, I look I look forward to opportunities to get out there and start uh, 
making stuff. I'm glad that we're starting to kind of, I don't know how many, I haven't seen how many you have on hand. Um, and I've haven't done a good job of keeping track, but to be able to get to the point where we have a good stockpile of them. We don't have that. Okay. Well, I think I have probably 15 boxes made up, ready to go. And then I think I've got 20 in that case. So out of the 80 you've given or a hundred that you've given me in the past two weeks that we got 20 left. Good problem to have. Yeah. Um, but to get to that point and then to be able to spend a week or two and dedicate to just trying new things and creating new products. Um, that's what I aim for. Yeah. But we'll get there in time. Um, I did finish the first bow hanger prototype. So I'm gonna get that to you so you can try it out with uh, your archery equipment. Still not sure if I want to, if, if, if I'm comfortable with telling people they can use a compound bow on it. Um, well, uh, I figure we include, cause I got those really nice, um, drywall studs. Yeah. The plastic ones are like three oh, yeah. inches long. Right. And, um, you just drill a little hole and you screw them in. It's a Phillip head screw and you just screw them in. Right. And I've got a bunch of stuff hung in this house that are, it's super heavy, heavier than a bow. Okay. That's hanging on that. So maybe include those or record. Or yeah. Rec- well, rec- I would just them. include them. Yeah. Um, cause I, I included, uh, I, I routed out a small indentation in the back and screwed in um, a a metal nice thing that that's designed with that's kind of um, got an, a, a hump to I don't know how to describe it but it's designed for the the screw that's in the wall to slide underneath it and into it to to hold it so it should hold a compound bow um, yeah I don't see why not how long is it from top to bottom. Uh, this particular one is a little around ten inches. Oh, nice. Ten it's good size. Ten inches or so. Um, if if it's something that takes off and starts to sell, we'll have to do like we did with with the smoking blocks and the staves and rests and, and dial in on a size that we like and yeah. buy staves just for that. Yeah. Um, we need to. We're gonna have to get up up there to North Carolina to to see Chris probably here in the next month or so anyway so yeah we're gonna buy a trailer first big company purchase big company purchase have you looked at the bank account recently no where's it at oh really yeah oh nice but uh i just bought a that's what happens when you when you sell shit and you yeah manage to figure work it out to have hardly any overhead costs <laughs> yeah so as soon as we get our taxes back and figure out how much we owe we, should, we might be able to buy a trailer outright but um buy cash would be cool yeah, that'd be nice. But I, I bought a uh, a one up for our film production yesterday or today. I bought a probably about six hundred dollars worth of gimbal and nice. smart rig kind of mount for it. Um, it only holds six and a half pounds, and I didn't weigh the camera. But I know the camera doesn't weigh that much. But with like with the microphone and you all have that, to take it, some of that stuff yeah. off, pare it down. Yeah. So yeah. that could be a pain in the ass for me, but we had, luckily we have two cameras. That's so not the original gimbal you had shown me. No, this is I bought the Ronin, okay. the DJI Ronin, which is the same company that our drone is. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the Ronin supposedly like Primo. Primo, cool. Yeah, yeah we got to. Um, I think those kind of those kind of purchases are are good for us to do for one, reduce our taxable income. <laughs> well, that and I so I have a we have three new Make a Wishes. Um, coming up this year. Oh, so we're going to do one quarterly. So the next make a wish, um, is a short, short suspense, which means it's a serious illness. Um, but this is a heartbreaker story, dude, this kid, he wants a PS five, which is apparently hard to get. Yeah. But they have anonymous donor donors that donated like 10 of them. Um, so he's got a PS five. 
they're going to build them a game room with like multiple TVs and sound system and a cool chair and all this stuff. But the whole reason he wants it is because his brother is active duty military and he misses playing with his brother and he can't, um, like he has a keyboard. So he's trying to like type with no headset type to his brother. So they're getting like a full headset, all this stuff. So he can play video games with his brother and talk to him, um, while they're in different parts of the world. And that fucking tear break. Fuck, dude, I'll buy the, X, the PlayStation or whatever no, it is. Holy that, cow. That arm one's doing it. But, yeah, no, but you know what I'm but saying. But that's a like, wild story, right? Like, so we're going to do that one. Um, that one's in, I think, Columbia. And then the next one, um, this girl, wants. she's 17. She's got, I think, kidney cancer. She wants to do a shopping spree. So they're bringing her to downtown Charleston. We're getting her a limousine, red carpet, that's cool. all that. So the gimbal will be cool for that because we can do, but she wants paparazzi, like everything. So everyone I know is going to be there with camera. Yeah. Just so to create like the experiences though, okay. she's, you know, a movie star and, um, and, but we'll film it, but it'll be cool with the gamble to be able to follow her around and like do freeze frames with the flash. It looks like a flash photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that one's coming up. And then the third one, um, the girl loves like vampire diaries. And I guess it was filmed somewhere in Georgia. And so she wants to, Georgia, and, Louis- Georgia and, and Louisiana. Covington, Georgia. Okay. So there's a place that's like haunted or whatever. They got her a room there to stay the night. And she wants to like dress like a vampire and stuff. And I have a bunch of cool skins and filters for that. Do we have the to editing stay system. the night there? I hope not. But <laughs> if we do, it'll be outside in hammocks. So we're ultra vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but we're going to go there and film like a vampire type deal. Okay. Um, which would be pretty cool, I think. Interesting. I think yeah, they'll all be very exciting. fun. Yeah. I look forward to it but the gimbal will make that um yeah go towards that that'd be cool and if anybody wants to donate anything to any of the charities that we work with make a wish veteran one or wls foundation let us know and um and can... now the one nation foundation yeah as they started uh, yeah that's, that's what the big announcement was oh, at, okay uh, the wls dinner okay it was yeah, hard so to hear because foundation. all the rude ass people behind us talking while well, i was filming i wasn't really paying attention to anything. that's right that's right you were what so while john was talking like people behind us and in the crowd were just being rude and so it was hard to hear but all the motorcycle people yeah and now no no no, it wasn't even actually all of them it was a lot of just other people uh, um but anyways at the end what he was talking about like the end was kind of an announce his announcement was that they were officially kicking off the one nation oh, nice. foundation so yeah i didn't listen to anybody i was all over the place trying to get footage yeah and we also neil the neil johnson foundation is another one that um all the foundations yeah Tons of people. If you want, if you want to give anybody if you money, need that to you, give money away, yeah, we have places. Well, it's just people that donate. <laughs> so instead of giving your money to when you go to the grocery store and you're like, hey, you want to donate your change to you know whatever, and you don't know how much money is actually going to help people. Right. All yeah. the foundations we work with, all, the vast majority. I mean, there's administrative fees, but. 90% of it's not going to the CEO. Like it's actually going to help people. Like I said, we're buying, they're buying, we're veteran ones buying PS five shopping. I mean, how much is a shopping spree, you know, in um, Charles, downtown Charleston, in downtown Charleston, yeah. limousine, all the red carpet, you know, so they're, they're, they're spending this money. So if you want to feel good about your donations and, and maybe save it up and even if it's $10 or $20 or a hundred dollars, whatever you can give, let us know. We'll hook you up with them. You're not going to give it to us. You're going to give it to them, but right. we can put you in touch with the people. Right. But yeah, we need to wrap this up because we got packing and planning and we got to get down there and yep. get it rolling. So I don't really have anything else to add. It's uh, it's April. It's May. It's April. Yeah, today is the twenty second. So April, twenty second of April. Your birthday. Oh no, it's not. It's the twenty seventh or twenty sixth. 
whatever I said in the beginning. We're filming on the 20, or recording on the 22nd. This podcast comes out on the 26th. Oh, yeah. yeah that's right. So it's the 26th of April. Yeah. So um, go in the woods and prep for deer season. It'll be here before you. You don't. It's already starting to get hot. Like you don't. I know. You, you really don't want to be in the woods in July, sweating your balls off trying to move a tree stand. Just go do it now. Easier said than done. That's all I got to say. Well, get some cameras out and check out the velvet that's starting to grow. Yeah, those are cool pictures to see right now of all the uh, upcoming velvets. Yeah. All right. All right. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next Monday. Yeah. Gang, gang. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.